Welcome to episode number 49 in another installment of Direct Connections. Returning to the show to talk Mopars with me for the third time is our friend Johnny Mopar. When Johnny and I talk Mopars, we have a good time, and sometimes we get a little amped up, so please know that there is some colorful language in this episode that may be unsuitable for younger listeners or those sensitive to bad words. So without further ado, if you are a Mopar enthusiast and you are in the right place, don't go anywhere. You're tuned into the best Mopar enthusiast-driven podcast on planet Earth, and I'm your host, Chris Albrecht, better known as the Mopar Hunter, and this is Talking Mopar's Direct Connections. You're listening to Talking Mopars with the Mopar Hunter, your direct connection to all things Mopar. Ladies and gentlemen, once again for Direct Connections, we have our friend Johnny Mopar. This is the third time Johnny's been on the show. Johnny, it's always a pleasure to have you on the show, buddy. How are you doing? I'm doing really good, Chris. And yourself? I'm doing great, man. You know, just hanging in there. Um, we got wildfires all over the West Coast right now, so yes. air quality is poor. But in the in the old studio here, we're doing okay. So, Right on. <laughs> perfect, perfect for an episode of Talking Mopar's Direct Connections with Johnny Mopar once again. Now, Johnny, you and I were just talking off air about the Ram Chargers and something unique about them that I didn't know about. Tell us yeah. about that. So... Probably about 11 years ago when I bought my Duster. Um, I'm trying to, oh, this guy was, he re-chromed bumpers. And he was up in the high desert area down here in Southern California. Anyway, I took my Roadrunner bumpers, my Cornet bumpers, and my 72 Charger bumpers to him to get re-chromed. And then, long story short, we were BSing. He had a Duster there that was just a shell. I won't get into that story. We'll save that for another time. But I bought this duster off of him. But something else, he, and he had a lot of cool stuff. He had like Hemi Roadrunners and GTXs. Like this guy had the bomb stuff, the good stuff, right? Where does he, where does he live? Uh, I, high, <laughs> high Desert. <laughs> I think it was uh, – I think that was Palmdale. Uh, right. I, yeah, somewhere up around there. But – um. Yeah, he had a lot of cool stuff, tons and tons of stuff, and a lot of restored cars, like really nice high-dollar really? stuff. Yeah, um, he had a 340 Barracuda Formula S you would have liked. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, and uh, it, over in the corner, he had um, he had a Ram Charger. Now, I, I think I don't remember it correctly because I thought it was a 79, and this Ram Charger is a – Pop top, they call them pop top Ram chargers, but they're called half doors. They're called pillarless. Basically, the door frame instead of going all the way around the door glass, it's it's not. There is no frame around the door glass. It, that top half, basically the top of the door frame and the back portion, that it it almost looks like somebody did it out of their garage. Like they cut it off of the door and then welded it into the roof of the removable top for the Ram chargers. So basically when you pull the top off of these things, it looks like a convertible. It just has the windshield, the little wing window, and then there is no door frame around it. It's just wide open all the way through the truck. Wow. So that's it's pretty that's cool. cool. Yeah, yeah. He was telling me how rare these things were. And, uh, I thought, man, I was like, well, I've never seen one. I, it was a pretty cool 
pretty cool thing to see. And then, um, you know, when we talk, we've come up with a couple of trivia things. And I thought, man, that's a cool thing to talk about. I had thought of it. So I wrote it down in my phone. And then uh, I think last time we talked, I, we were talking about doing the tin grills or, or maybe we we're talking about trucks. I don't know what yeah. it was, but um, I, had, I was thinking, okay, I, I want to talk about this next time we talk. And then uh, this guy, Patrick Grissom, he posted a 79 Dodge Ram Charger, but the thing was a two-wheel drive like dropped really low. And it had no door frames. And I thought, oh, because I had never seen one of these trucks in real life other than this one the guy I got the duster from. And I'd never seen one even on Facebook until this guy posted his. So, of course, I hit him up like, you got to tell me about these things because I was thinking, you know, was it low production? They do it certain years or whatever because I had thought it was a 79 that I had seen. And then seeing his, which was a 79, and then I went online and I was trying to look at pictures and you see some with 73 grills, 72, 73 grills, you know, it's kind of all over the map, but you know how easy it is for those trucks to swap grills around on. Oh, yeah. You could kind of have whatever you want, you know? So I hit him up and he, he claims he's not much of an expert on them, but this guy knows way more than I do. And I think he had three of them. So <laughs> he knows quite a bit. But he was telling me that they made those trucks. It was a 74 only, and it was from January to May is the only time they made those trucks. So if you see one that's got a, a grill other than a 74 grill, it's uh, it's been re-grilled, basically. Interesting. But, yeah, pretty awesome truck. And the reason I wanted to talk about the 10 grills, we talked uh, last time. You were talking about how wide the Mopar you know, genre is, you know, from turbo four cylinders to cars from the fifties and the max wedges. And, you know, you want to hit on every one of these sort of subculture genre genres of Mopar. And, yeah. uh, I, I think the Dodges are, the Dodge trucks are probably one of the most unappreciated trucks as far as the general population, you know, as far as people out there like C10s, uh, F100s they they've gotten really popular even even the swept lines it seems like the swept lines have gotten really popular i mean in my day those were the ugly ducklings like nobody would touch a swept line you could get yeah. those trucks all day long for 100 bucks or less you know <laughs> and uh the tin the tin grills they just they just still haven't really come into the spotlight in my opinion you know i mean there's definitely a subculture out there where you know, you and I are on, you know, uh, the tin grill group and it's like, these guys are all hardcore and they love the trucks, of course. But as far as the general public, it still has yet to, you know, the light has yet to be shun on them. But, um, so anyway, I thought, how cool would it be to talk about the tin grills? And I, I have a tin grill story. So awesome. I figured, yeah, man, talk um, about that ramp charger rareness and then yeah. get into, uh, my power wagon. Yeah, you know, the thing about Dodge trucks that I've come to realize is that compared to Chevys and Fords, the production numbers were just so much lower. And I think that has a lot to do with it because, I mean, for every 10 F100s or F150s 
or you know Chevy C10s or S10s you know you see one Dodge you know as far as tin grills and even the plastic grills um would you say they, that they call the first gens yeah would you say that are you saying that today like every for every 10 C10s you see you see one tin grill in today's yeah. time yeah and i i would be I would actually bet on if you looked at the production numbers for, let's just say, the 1970s. From mm-hmm. at least for tin grills, it would be 72 to 80. I think if you compared that to the Chevy production numbers or even the Ford production numbers, I bet you there were, I mean, tens Quite of thousands, maybe even hundreds of thousands less. So, I mean, yeah, I think it has a lot I, to do with availability. To be honest, I it's hard to say because. Uh, I, I think you're probably right because just when you look at the muscle cars themselves, I mean, I think they made so much fewer Mopars than Chevys and Fords in general. But um, I mean, it, and I and I definitely agree with you today. If you even see a ten grill, oh, like yeah. you'll see ten C tens and another <laughs> F one, another ten F one hundreds before you see another ten grill. You know, um, but as a kid, dude, I could tell you, like. You couldn't drive a block without seeing a tin grill parked somewhere in somebody's driveway oh. or in front of the house. And, hmm. and I mean, I would say probably your older school guys, you know, like my age and older, probably remember them. But yeah, like my grandpa had one. My uh, my neighbors, my friends' parents had one. Um, and yeah, they were, dude, they were everywhere. But I'll tell you, like. Uh, when I started really getting into Mopars and caring, like I, I never really got into the numbers or the rare stuff per se. I never, I just never had one and I never expected to afford one, you know, cause they were already starting to go up in value in the nineties. So they were already, they were always, always out of reach. It's like the more money I made, the more expensive they got. <laughs> I just could, could never really get to them, you know, sure. but I distinctly remember driving through Riverside one day and seeing a spirit of 76 tin grill yeah so it was it was was cool so i knew the truck i knew they existed and i thought oh man that is cool but dude this truck was uh, a landscaper's truck and this Uh truck was put through the ringer like two or three times i mean it was hammered there was not a straight panel on this truck all the way around it it was just (laughs) dented Ding, bent, scraped. I mean, it was hammered. And that is very typical what I remember as a kid too. Like Dodge trucks were work trucks. Nobody nobody drove them because it was like, hey, I, I mean, there was probably a few guys, but most of them were like, I bought this truck to put to work. Nobody bought them to like, you know, make them look pretty and lower them or, you know, m- maybe raise them, you know, it, they just – yeah, there there was few customizations that I remember as a kid. They were all just work trucks. And I think that carried through all the way through the 90s and stuff. So, you know, maybe in the 90s you started seeing guys kind of retro, like, yeah, that's cool. Let me fix it up, you know. But, yeah, you know. well, the one big problem I've seen in the tin grill community, and everybody who owns one can attest to this, and that's that the aftermarket support just isn't there. And that's another Absolutely. reason why I believe that the production numbers were just so astronomically higher for Fords and Chevys that that is one of the reasons why. 
is because so yeah. many people have those trucks versus tin grills or other Dodge trucks that, you know, the demand for the parts just wasn't there. But, yeah, you know, eventually they caught back on, at least with um, even people that are outside the Mopar scene are starting to get into the Mopars just because of the trucks. I've seen, you know, plenty yeah. of people that their first Mopar is a truck, which I think is cool. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, swept lines, they've been getting really popular on the show circuit. And yeah. I think tin grills are next. Um, when you look at communities of C10 enthusiasts, they're huge. And, yeah. you know, I've been on the tin grill page for, gosh, two or three years, I think three years now. But yeah. I've been I've been watching that thing grow like crazy. And I'm like, oh, we're on to something here. This is yeah. going to be pretty cool. So, yeah, yeah I think it, all it needs is like a, a, a chip foos or a kin dig it or like I would love to see the Martin brothers do. Yeah. a tin grill man i mean i like i like the way they build cars so slammed truck with big wheels you know tucked and everything with maybe like a elephant in it be perfect <laughs> well you know it's funny you're talking about builders and stuff because i've thought the ring brothers because they did that mm. uh the amc i think it was a javelin they did the javelin with the hellcat in it and mm -hmm. it opened a lot of people's eyes to those amcs unfortunately those are even harder to find parts for for uh yeah than tin grills you know what i mean yeah definitely but and I, I think i think oh go ahead i was gonna say i think you're onto something there i think that if more influential builders start getting their hands on these trucks and because a lot of those guys are just you know they're fabricators so it yeah. doesn't matter what's available on the aftermarket they'll make it yeah. So I think it's just it's just going to take one of those guys to build an off the wall tin grill to really blow everything up. And to that, I'll say, hey, everybody out there, get your tin grills now, because as soon as as soon as that scene blows up, the prices are going to go yep. right up. So absolutely. I'm glad I got mine. I'm holding on to it. <laughs> yeah, I think I think the pivot point for the, the swept line was when Gas Monkey Garage did that one. You know, they screwed it up with an LS motor, but, <laughs> you know, and I'm sure that pissed off a lot of Mopar guys, but, uh, and they're sponsored but the truck, I know, right. What are you guys doing? I don't know if he was sponsored back then. Yeah, I mean, probably not. <laughs> it, it doesn't seem that long ago, but it, it was quite a while ago. And I, it seems to me like just thinking back then prior to that swept lines were still not very mainstream or very popular. Nobody built them over the top, you know, and then that happened and it was like, now you started seeing swept lines pop up all over the place. And it's like, yeah, they're a very unique truck, you know, and they really stand out in a car show. You're not going to have 10 swept lines lined up next to each other. You're probably going to be the only one, you know, maybe there'll be another one that's bone stock or something, you know? Well, but. now that, Holly offers the swap kits for the tin grills for modern Hemis. That to me, you know, that says a lot about how the aftermarket is looking at those trucks. And they're, I think they're testing the water. So yeah. if anybody's interested in that swap, go out there and buy those mount kits. Because as soon as we show them that there is a demand, more parts are going to come out. So that's yeah. what I'm looking forward to. And I, I don't know how everybody else comes down on this, but like I'm kind of a, an old school guy. Like for me, B bodies are really coveted to me. And I I like the old motors in the, those cars. Like it's got to be a big block. Yeah. It's got to stay old school. I can't, I can't have a modern Hemi in that. I, if I had an E body, I would tolerate 
a modern Hemi in that more than I would a B body. So it's just that's just me. Sure. But when it comes to trucks, man, like they were they were never like you're not going to get a truck with a Hemi in it or six pack in it, you know. And it's like that car's that truck's coveted, and you you can't do that modern or customization stuff. It's like no, it, it, for me, it's sort of my release for customization. It's like man, blank canvas when it comes to a tin grill, like there is no sacrilege. You can't you can't do anything to them and screw it up. Everything you're going to do to it is going to make it more awesome, more badass, you know? And like the more custom you make it, the better. So it's like I, if I had the money, yeah, I would I would totally put, you know, I don't know if I'd put it, be able to afford a elephant, but that'd be pretty <laughs> nice, you know? <laughs> but I would put a modern Hemi in a drivetrain or that drivetrain into an old tin grill like no problem i wouldn't have any trouble doing that yeah i know exactly where you're coming from when you talk about b bodies um i don't know why but i kind of feel the same way i would feel weird if i had like a i don't know 69 super b and i was like oh, i'm gonna put a modern hemi in it i would be weird about it i mean yeah. i'd still do it don't get me wrong yeah. but you know <laughs> there is that idea of oh gosh it would be cool to have a 440 you know six pack yeah. in it or something but you know, I said on a podcast or two ago, I forget exactly when I said it, but I talked about doing a modern iteration of a A12 um, mm -hmm. with a modern Hemi, but the six-pack fuel injection. Yeah. I thought that would be pretty cool. But, you know, if, if I had, that would be for a car that, you know, wasn't numbers matching or yep. was, you know, so far away from the original that an OE restoration on it would kind of be out of the out of the picture so I, yeah. I, I would get crazy with something then but you know i, I wouldn't butcher a real a12 with a no <laughs> with a modern hemi or anything like that but i get exactly what you're saying with the trucks trucks have always seemed that way you know with the yeah. sport trucks and like if you look at any of the take hot rod magazine from the we'll say late 70s early 80s and take trucking magazine from the late 70s early 80s and you will see the stark differences between the two types of enthusiasts that build those vehicles. The trucks, it seems yeah. like it's always been an open, like you're saying, an open canvas. And it was the same yeah. thing with vans. You know, I had to sneak vans in there somehow. Yeah. Um, yeah. But like you look at the vans <laughs> and, you know, the, the interesting thing about vans, and I'll say this and we'll get back to tin grills, is that the more I research the trends from back then, the more I realized that they were trying to blend two different worlds because they got a lot of the custom truck stuff like the crazy paint mm -hmm. jobs and things like that and they blended it with the performance aspect of the muscle car stuff because a lot of the criticism that vans were taking were that well they're not hot rods you know they're vans yeah but people were still building the you know the 318s yeah. in them or even, some of them even came with uh big blocks which is cool but yeah. it's it's definitely interesting to see because when i look at the late 70s or the mid to late 70s, and I look at some of the trucks from back then, they were kind of wild, you know, when people yeah. were customizing them. So yeah. that's all I'll say about vans for now. We'll get back all to right. that later. <laughs> <laughs> so, nice. so tell us, Johnny, tell us about your first tin grill, your first foray into tin grills. All right. Well, it goes back to the beginning. Um, so, you know, I told you the story of my my 68 charger yes you know and how i spotted it i spotted it riding the school bus and seeing the car roof line over a knoll right 
Well, I spotted this power wagon the same way. It wasn't as hidden as the Charger was, and it was closer to the street than the Charger was, but it was in some guy's backyard, and this guy was right on this main road that the school bus drove down. So I'm riding on the school bus, and I could see the truck plain as day. And it looks cool. You know, the thing is lifted. It's got huge tires on it, 4 by 4 short bed. Um, and it's like, man, that thing's awesome. So... And and obviously, this is close to where my parents live. So I graduate high school in 1990. Um, I'm still living with my parents, and I'm driving by that truck all the time, you know. And it's just like uh, I know there's a lot of guys that will relate to this. It's like a freaking worm that just gets implanted in your brain. And it just like every time you drive by, it's there and it just eats at you. It eats at you. It eats at you. And eventually you're like, I can't take it anymore. Even if the guy slams the door on my face and says, no, at least, you know, right. And you're like, I can move on with life, you know, and leave this behind me. So, <laughs> so the truck was really cool looking. And I thought, man, it'd be cool to have a truck. And of course it's gotta be a Dodge. So I knock on the door one day. So this was, Probably around 1991, probably about a year after high school, I, I knock on the door and ask if it's for sale. And uh, the, the truck had obviously been sitting there a few years because I've seen it riding the school bus, you know. And I, I was driving to high school when I was 17 or 16. So there's the school bus. I think I was a sophomore. And then when I was a junior, I was driving. And when I was a senior, I was driving, or at least halfway through the junior year. But um, so it had been sitting a long time. Nothing's been happening to the truck. So, I, you know, it's not like they're driving it and there's probably something wrong with it. So I knock on the door and I think it was an uncle's or something like that. And they had to check and then I had to come back later, you know, a few days later. Yeah, he'll sell it, but he wants 300 bucks firm. Like, oh, budge firm. on the price. Firm, firm on the right? 300, huh? Okay. <laughs> this is 1991. 300 bucks was yeah. worth a lot yeah. more money. Sure, sure. <laughs> you could buy a house with 300 bucks, Chris. I mean, come on. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> uh, so, so yeah, so 300 bucks. Uh, I can't even remember how I got this thing home. I think either my dad helped me. We threw a chain around it and drug it home because it was – it was a couple, few miles, two or three miles from my parents' house. Or maybe my buddy helped me. I just, I don't remember. It's been so long ago, you know. Um, but, you know, and, and I didn't, it, it, coming up with 300 bucks back then was way harder than it is now, you know. So it took me a while to have the, the money to do it. Sure. So anyways, dragged this thing home and pulled it apart. You know, motor was dust. I, uh, I, I had my, a friend of mine, his parents had some rental properties and he's like, Hey, we should all get together and rent a house together. So like two other friends and myself, we rented this house and I'm like, I got to be able to bring my 68 charger over to work on it. And, and the truck, you know, so the truck was in the driveway. I'm working on it. And the car was in the garage working on it here and there. Um, I put this motor together and I had bought a used four barrel intake manifold, thought, oh man, this is cool. You know, I don't remember what I paid for it, like 40 bucks or 20 bucks, something. But 
somebody had, unfortunately for me, somebody had, I think it was on a racing motor and somebody had decked the, or, or surfaced the heads and changed the angle of the heads to the block. And then they cut the intake manifold to match. Right. But you know, who knows who did it and when, when I bought this thing at a swap meet, it was like, Nobody, there's no information on it. I didn't know there was any problem with the intake manifold or that those angles had been changed. So I put this thing on the top of my motor that I just spent all this money rebuilding, <laughs> go to fire it up. It sounds bitching for a few seconds. And then it's like, this thing's running like crap, man. I mean, uh. I'm like, what the hell? And I, you, the more throttle you give, it just sounds more and more sick. You know, it, it would idle, but as soon as you give it throttle, it sounded awesome for a second. And then pff, I'm like, what the hell? Oh, man. I couldn't, couldn't understand it. You know, you're going through everything, the carburetor, the distributor, the plugs, like, it's like, what the hell's wrong with this thing? And I think I tried to start it again. It just wouldn't start anymore. It w wouldn't run I'm like shit. So I think I just uh, surrendered to the fact that I'm going to have to pull this motor apart. Like something went wrong inside this engine. And first thing I did was I put a pan under it to drain the oil and the oil was coming out like water. I mean, it was so thin and you oh, could God. just smell the gas, you know? Uh. And I'm like, Oh dude, how, how do you get, gas in the the crankcase you know so pull a carb pull the intake and then you can see because it's a small block it's got the i had like the fell pro type gaskets on it you could see the impressions where the intake was squishing against the head on the top of the gasket and on the bottom nothing like they were just it was so loose that gas it was all wet with gas gas was down by the lifters i mean oh. it was just it was bad and uh, pulled the motor back out, pulled it apart and all the pistons just had like all these melted lines on them where the friction Ooh. of the gasoline between the cylinders and the, the piston, it just melted into the piston. So it ruined the pistons. Um, the cylinders were still good, you know, uh, so luckily all my machine work was okay. So I had to buy a new set of pistons and rings and, I had to start all over on it, which when you're broke and you're just starting off and you're not making very much money, that's, that's a hell of a lesson to learn, you know? Yeah. But, uh, anyway, I put a 455 lift 340 cam in it, you know, purple shaft cam. Dude, I love those cams. Those cams are great for the street. And I don't think I've ever heard a bad around. thing about the purple cams, to be honest. No, this dude... <laughs> I love that thing. When I fired that thing up after I fixed everything, oh man, it sounded like a freaking top fuel car. The headers were just, you know, <laughs> hanging below the truck and I didn't have exhaust yet, but the thing is just cackling like crazy. It's like, man, that's pretty awesome. And it's a relatively small cam, you know, compared to some of the bigger cams out there. Um, but yeah, that, that truck ran real good. It ran hard. So that little 318 put in some work for me over the years. How long did you have it? I think I had that truck. Um, it was probably around eight years or so, eight oh, or really? nine years. Yeah. It it went 
Yeah, I went through quite a bit with that truck. <laughs> and clearly it was on the outer ring of the circle, and that's why you don't have it. Unfortunately. Um, yeah, unfortunately. Well, you know, back then, dude, I mean, even though 300 bucks was a lot of money back then, it was just Dodge trucks were, were way more worthless back then than they are today. <laughs> shh, <laughs> shh, 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 don't say that. Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> For all those guys shopping, that's good. For the sellers, <laughs> that's bad. <laughs> so how many tin grills have you had? Uh, so I, I had that one. Um, I had my 79, which I was taking to the track and playing with. Um, was that the purple one? That was the other purple one. How, many, then I how had... many purple ones have you had? <laughs> Two. Okay. <laughs> so I had, yeah, the power wagon, when I pulled the motor out the first time I had jammed it all plum crazy purple. You know, I was oh. going to go purple on this thing. Cause I, I, I just really loved that color. And, uh, yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty cool. Cause it was like, dude, you, you stand out in a power wagon, a plum crazy purple power wagon. Oh yeah. It's like, you know, everybody knows who you are. Um, it, I, I had, jammed it i got the motor running in it and stuff then i primered the whole truck and then later on me and my buddy we just we're out there like outside you know bugs flying all over the place and just painting the thing plum crazy purple you know <laughs> and it wasn't a great paint job but it's still for me it was it was perfect for what i was doing because it was just a thrasher truck anyways you know so um you, so you had a power wagon and you had oh, a yeah. two-wheel drive that you took to to the track Yes. And then okay. I had uh I had the seventy six, which my buddy used to be my buddy Dennis's truck, and then I bought it, and then he bought it back, and then I bought it back, and then he's got it now. Um and then I have the power wagon I have now, which is a seventy nine four by four. And uh the parts truck we won't count, but four or five and then I had a seventy six. I think it was a six six or seven had the verticals in the grill oh, yeah, um yeah. side markers or turn signals and i sold that to my friends in denmark so in denmark I got, I, yeah yeah i have some friends from denmark they're they're huge gearheads so uh really the andersons yeah fleming and charlotte so, so there's out a there, tin grill in denmark right now a johnny is. mopar oh, tin grill there's a Johnny Mopar tin grill, but there's also my buddy Ed Black had a 73, I think, long bed, two-wheel drive with a 400 in it, and they bought that truck too. So they have oh, – wow. there's, there's at least two tin grills out there. Wow. I've never – you know, that's one thing I'll say about talking Mopars is I get a lot of messages from people in other countries and yeah. – the Mopar followings in those other countries, I mean, they're just as loyal as here. It's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. I didn't, I didn't realize it. I didn't, especially Australia is, they're really huge about Mopars because they have all those crazy Mopars that you don't see in the States that we didn't get. Yeah. So yeah. that's pretty cool. I want to, I want to dive deeper more into that stuff. Um, yeah. I'm gonna try I think to you're going to be, I need an Aussie you know, you to come start on the hitting show. On, yeah. Hit all these genres. Yeah. I mean, you're going to, you've got a lifetime supply of, shows i think <laughs> yeah between the crazy valiance and stuff that they got down down under and mm -hmm. um you know brazil they have those mm -hmm. crazy chargers that are like a bodies but they have like little subtle 
you know, hints of the charger, like the window yeah. in the back and the yep. gr the grills on those things. They're awesome. Yeah. If I could find a way to import one of those chargers to the United States, I would absolutely love to do that. I just don't know how to go about it. I'm going to have to look into it because they're just yeah. so cool. I did, The yeah. first time I saw one, I was like, what in the hell is that? And then I'm like, charger, what the hell? And, <laughs> you know, and they have so many, the variations of models that they have in other parts of the world is just, it's crazy. So I can't wait to dive into that because I really know nothing about them. I know, I mean, a little bit, but right. I just, I just right. think it's pretty cool that they carried a lot of that, you know, 67 through 69 A body, like Dart specifically body style through like the late 70s or the yeah. mid to late 70s, which is crazy to me. Like the, one of them I saw was a, a 76 and I was like, gosh, that, you know. If, if you showed that to somebody that really wasn't too into the Mopar world and you said, oh, there's a 69 Dodge Dart, it's customized, they probably wouldn't even question you. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. how similar they are. So they're pretty cool. But back to your tin grills. So you sold a couple to some guys in Denmark or you yes. sold yours and your buddy sold um, his. I yes, really, yeah. you know, you posted pictures of the two-wheel drive, the purple one that you took to the track. I want to know. Yeah. I want to know more about that. Oh, okay. Um, well, I had, I think I was on uh, Classic Car Trader, I think, is where that one popped up. And it was just a bone stock, stock height, but it was a short bed, uh, D100 out in, I think it's called um, Anza. I think it was out in Anza out here so it's it's sort of like out in the hills you know it's a little it's very rural where that is so i i go out there i think the truck was i think the guy was asking like 1200 bucks and it had seven inch rims or six and a half inch rims on it so they're a little wider you know okay and then it had dog dish hubcaps on it nice. the rims were painted silver it was a very grandpa looking truck but um, and it had a rack on it. So again, this somebody was using this truck to work with. So I drive out there and um, I offered the guy a thousand bucks, and I bought it for a thousand bucks and drove it back. My buddy was just like, "What are you? What are you doing buying this fucking thing?" You know? <laughs> oh, sorry for that bomb. You're gonna have to. I, you know, I'm trying not to cuss so much too, but I just keep loose Johnny, tongue. I bite my tongue every episode. <laughs> trust me. You guys would Sorry be surprised if you saw what I edited out of my podcast when I'm by myself. <laughs> I should I should put together a blooper reel. I think that would be pretty funny because I say some outlandish yeah. stuff. <laughs> but yeah, this your podcast is really an hour long, but it, you had to cut it down yeah. to a half hour. <laughs> Sometimes that actually does happen. Sometimes I'll be talking about Project Car of the Week and I'll be like talking good about it and then i'll just go off on this trail and go you know what actually this is a piece of shit i don't even know and then i realize yeah. <laughs> what am i doing here and so i back off and i just delete that and i go back and i'm like nah we can't be that hard on these cars but uh, hey with that tin grill what it wasn't purple when you got it no it was brown oh, okay it was brown it had missing trim on it and even back then you couldn't they had so many variations of the trim on those trucks. It's not like you could go to the boneyard. If you did, you would find one that didn't have your trim. It had the other trim, you know. So I just took all the trim off of it and ground all the rivets off of it, other studs or whatever. And, uh, yeah, I remember I I had uh, – I think this was around 2000 – 
well, I, I should back up. Um, I got my buddy John, John Jones, who used to own General Mayhem before me, right? And uh, he dropped the truck for me. So he did the axle flip in the back and he had uh, cut the springs up front. And, you know, he, he actually lowered or he shortened the lower control arms to get the wheels straight. Uh-huh. So it was fine as long as the truck was going straight. But it really did screw up the geometry because when that truck would go around <laughs> a corner, forget it. It was it was sketchy. So I never I never would go fast cornering. It was just straight. But um, my buddy got me into drag racing down there at Qualcomm in San Diego, and uh, I, I had just bought a O2 quad cab Dodge you know, big truck behemoth. And, uh, I was like, well, you know, I'll, I'll take that first. And it went like, I think it was 11 seconds in the eighth, which is crazy slow, <laughs> sure. you know, but even doing that, like my first time racing, you know, you're all nervous and oh, yeah. like jittery and stuff. And, uh, and then I started bringing the truck out and I'd play with the truck and I would, you know, do little tweaks to it. It's like, all right, let me ditch the the front bumper to get it lighter Let me get rid of the sway bar up front. Let me, you know, I took the, I took the rear tire out at one point, but I think it did better with the tire in the extra weight in the back, you know, I put drag shocks on it, uh, uh, competition engineering, adjustable shocks, like 90 tens up front. And what are they? Seven, 70 thirties in the back. But yeah, the truck was, it, it was a 360 with 318 heads on it. So the thing was like a torque monster. So out of the hole, like this truck would just torque up. I mean, the shocks being loose up front and squatting in the back, the thing would just come out of the hole like it was crazy fast, you know. <laughs> it was very intimidating. It looked way more wicked than it was. And then it would just, you know, 60 foot, it would flat, fall flat on its face because the heads mm. were just had small ports, you know, 318s. So, uh, but I had a lot of fun with that and that, that, at Qualcomm, it was just mostly street cars. There was some race cars, but mostly street cars. So you can um, you could go there, have a good time, and you kind of start to figure out pretty quick like who's in your ballpark, and then you guys kind of kind of congregate and start. Hey, man, you want to race? You know, so, so like grudge um, grudge racing type stuff. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I don't. I think I might have told the story online or on Facebook, but yeah, there was one day I was there and there was this guy with the swept line and he had a 440 in it. And, uh, I asked if he wanted to race and he's like, he's like, no, <laughs> he didn't want to race me because he was so intimidated by how my truck, my truck would launch. It looked freaking crazy. You know, it, the, the left would lift up. It didn't, the tire didn't come off the ground, but you could just see the front left corner of the truck is just like in the sky, you know, in the right rear corner of the truck is just squatting. And the, um, when I had the spare tire under the bed, there's like this long stud, you know, there's that strap that goes underneath the spare tire and there's mm-hmm. a stud that goes through it. And then that stud, because the truck was so low, it would hit the ground and throw sparks. So it, it just looked, it looked crazy, you know? So he wouldn't race me. And then, uh, his mom was there cause he was a young guy. Of course I was younger back then too, but some, uh, his mom comes by and she's like, Oh, that's my son in that, that white Dodge truck. Uh, you guys should race. And I go, I, 
I asked him to race. I go, that'd be pretty cool. She's like, yeah, it'd be cool. Two Dodges going down the track. And I'm like, yeah, tell him I'll race him, you know, if he wants to do it. So she had to twist his arm to get him to race me. Tell him to grow so, a set of balls and get out there. Right. <laughs> so, so we get out there and uh, I, I was pretty, I was cutting pretty good lights back then, especially there. It's like when you have just general public people out there, oh, they cut terrible lights, you know, and, uh, I think with the intimidation, he was a little intimidated and nervous, but I dropped a perfect light. Boom. (laughs) And so I tree him big time. Right. And I get like, I'd say at least a half a, a truck length on him before he, he finally, you know, is moving. So about 60 foot or so I'm done. You know, my, I have no top end, no more horsepower. The thing was making like 300 horse. So it was just, it was all out of the hole. And then after that, it was just, you're just cruising to the finish line. You know, it sounds good, but it's just not making tons of power. Well, his 440, you know, he's just starting to come in, come alive now. And then he's just pulling me in. So we get to the finish line and I take him by like a bumper. I mean, it is, it is a sliver. I beat him. So it was like, we get back and I'm like, yeah, I took him out. You know, everybody's high-fiving you and stuff. And it was, it was pretty awesome. It was pretty epic, you know? And then, uh, cause it was a close race, you yeah. know? And, uh, he wanted a rematch and I said, yeah, sure. I'll rematch you. And then of course, now he knew because now he knew how fast his truck was compared to mine. He knew he was faster than me. So he left so on the yellow. He, he left yeah. on yellow. <laughs> He did. He did. He Uh, had a much better light the second time around. And then he just, he, he beat me by like a fender. So mm. yeah. Well, that's good. You may have changed, you may have changed that kid's life right there. Maybe he might might still be racing today going, you know, one time this guy (laughs) called me out. I know he's on the top fuel circuit now. (laughs) Imagine his mom, his mom going up to him like, don't be such a pussy. Get out there. (laughs) (laughs) Oh God. Do do you need me to drive it for you? Right, right. And then he loses and he's like, damn it, mom, I told you. See? <laughs> and then she forced him to go back out. She's like, leave on the last right. yellow. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> That's calm funny. down. That is funny. So yeah. that truck was your first um, vehicle that you were taking to the track aside from your O2, yeah. but that was the that was what got you into drag racing? Yeah, yeah. Cool, yeah. very cool. Yeah, and it, it was just the street race stuff, you know, yeah. like the Friday nights, you know, uh Test and tune or street legal street racing, that was kind it, of thing. So Qualcomm, was it a, a legit track or was it something they set up on the weekends? No. Or Tell me yeah. about that. I, I'm trying to envision it in my head. It, it it used to be the the San Diego Chargers used to play football there. It's like a really old football stadium. Um, I think they were long gone. They moved, I think... I don't know if they went to a different stadium in San Diego and then before they left San Diego, but, um, and I want to say the Padres were the baseball team played there as well, but, um, they would do all kinds. It was, it was just like a place you do a lot of events at Hmm. and they would set up the parking lot, um, on the side of their, of the st- on the side of the stadium, basically. So you were racing th- the the main street in front of it is called Friars Road. You were racing towards Friars Road, and um, the shutdown area where you'd actually be kind of going uphill towards that road. So it's kind of nice to slow you down. But the track sucked. I mean, it was it was not 
like a no prep type thing yeah it was totally no prep yeah totally Hmm. so um did i tell did i talk about my roadrunner how it ran when i ran my roadrunner there it would run an eight six in the eighth and then when i took the car to qualcomm didn't do any changes to it it ran an eight one yeah yeah i think half second yeah i think you were saying something about that um yeah so that kind of racing that thing Tells tells you the difference between the track quality, you know. I mean, my car had problems with hooking up, anyways, but you know, definitely the track was a big factor. Interesting. But um, but yeah. So back to the power wagon. So let's see. I've got the motor in it. I I I painted it plum crazy purple. Um, it, it was just like one of those things. It's like a one of those life trucks you know it kind of teaches you about life i guess um i remember driving one day and i lost the brakes on that truck like this this is the old school woes that we used to go through way back in the day it doesn't seem like new cars have these kinds of issues you know like people don't drive you know they don't put their their lives in the hands of their vehicles or or maybe they do but the vehicles are just so much more safer nowadays than back then you know but I remember driving this thing and uh, coming up to an intersection and there's like three cars stacked up, you know, to the light and I'm hitting the brakes and there is nothing there. It's brakes are gone. And I'm, (laughs) you know, I'm probably at least doing like 50 or 55 or so. I'm like, holy crap. I mean, that scares the crap out of you when you have zero brakes and there's a stopped car in front of you. So I'm like, pumping and pumping and the, the it's starting to slow a little bit but it's not the brakes are not grabbing so i had to throw the truck into the ditch it, i went into a ditch oh. and threw a bob wire fence scratched the whole side of the truck up you know but and then yeah you know had to clean my shorts and then yeah <laughs> basically limp the thing home at like 20 miles an hour so oh. that you know i couldn't get into too much trouble i can stop the thing or peel off the road if i had to um and then there was another time the brakes were good but this was a this truck was drum brakes all the way around and uh <laughs> so it's not really this, good so it's right. not really good <laughs> it, you know it did okay but there there was this uh and this kind of segues into my buddy's truck my my buddy my good friend eric he had bought a 74 power wagon and it was like black primer so the trucks were like very similar to each other his was lifted he had a big old like dukes of hazard push bar on the front of his truck you know this big old battering ram looking thing but um we were going we were going to this party out in nawanga it it was sort of like a it's like a big open area you know and my other buddy todd had the idea of like let's let's set up some volleyball nets between the two trucks so we like built these you know two by fours or whatever sticking out of the beds of the truck and put a volleyball net between them it was kind of cool but those guys were already there i was meeting up with them and i'd never been out there before and it's like the roads are very hilly and windy and stuff you know so i'm driving through there and not thinking anything of it because I've never, other than losing the brakes, I never had any problems with stopping the truck, you know. Yeah. Going through there and you're having to work the brakes, hitting corners, okay. hitting hills, all this and that. And there's a Jeep in front of me. And these guys were like just sort of 
sightseeing, you know, out for a Sunday drive type of thing. And uh, they're going down this hill and I'm coming in behind them and I'm like, I'm hitting the brakes and the brakes went through total brake fade. They were just, they were engaging. I could feel it. My my foot's on the pedal and I could feel the pressure, you know, but the truck was not stopping. And I mean, I'm like, holy shit. And I I wasn't even tailgating them, but they were going so slow. And it was to that moment where you just like, I'm going to hit them. Like, we're going to touch. It's going to be impact, right? And the guy looks at his rearview mirror and sees me and then floors it. <laughs> he actually got out of my way. <laughs> wow. And I was like, oh, thank God. You know, wow. <laughs> you know, whoo. And uh, so after that, I slowed down, slowed way down. They ended up going to the same party. And they were like, they, they came over because we had the truck set up and playing volleyball and stuff and they came over and they're like hey we you were behind us coming down the hill we were in the jeep and i go <laughs> man i'm sorry i was not trying to tailgate you or anything and they're like oh no we figured you probably had brake fade or something and <laughs> we figured we better get on get the hell out of your way so it was pretty uh it was pretty funny but um yeah we we would screw around we would um my buddies and I, because where we're at now, it's it's more populated now than it was in the 90s. It was more rural back then. It's sort of rural now, but it's way rural back then. So we would, you know, load up with beer and stuff like that, go out to the hills and go four buying and, you know, do stupid stuff. <laughs> and uh, I, I remember with that 340 cam in that truck – and we were hauling just, whoop, I mean, fun, way fun, and came over the crest of this hill, and the truck was so big, like, it was so high, when you're kind of going up and over, you can't see over the hood, you know, it's like, I have no idea what's on the other side, to so come up and over the other side, and there was a, a rut that had opened up, and it was sort of like, you go up and down, so the from the rain, this rut had developed and it was huge and the left front tire just fell into it and i remember i'm holding the steering wheel and the steering wheel just it just spun in my hands like it it yanked it there was no stopping it you know it's like holy crap the truck comes to a rest the left the left rear tire because the truck is like this the left rear tire is completely off the ground by you know six inches to a foot oh, man. and i'm like oh shit how do we <laughs> how do we get out of here right i should say because you know the truck's a four by four so one of the problems with my truck was it leaked oil really bad i don't remember if it was the pan or the rear main but it would leak oil and right where it would drip down it would hit the front drive shaft to the front differential and it would the oil would wash out the grease out of the bearings and it would tear up the U-joint. So I got tired. I changed it a couple of times and it's like, man, it's wiping it out so fast. I just left it out. So I basically had this lifted truck that was a two wheel drive. So here we are (laughs) stuck with the left rear tire off the ground, you know, no four wheel drive. (laughs) Like shit, what are we going to do? So I'm in the truck, you know, we get out, we're looking at it and, all right, we're all going to got to get into the truck and put some weight on that side, and then I'm going to punch it and try to get out. And my buddy Todd had climbed up that tire 
and he was standing on because the easiest way to get in the bed of the truck was to up the tires right you just yeah, step sure. on the rim and you step on top of the tire <laughs> and then you go over the bed so he's standing on the tire and he said whatever you do don't punch it but all i heard was punch it oh. <laughs> so, so he's standing on this tire boom i punch it he goes flying <laughs> My other buddy, Scott, is like, whoa, 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 stop. So I'm like, what? You you just launched Todd that way, you know. You just killed Todd. You killed Todd. Yeah, I just killed Todd. (laughs) So he's all pissed off because he's laying in the dirt now, you know. Uh, I'm just like, sorry, man. I thought you said punch it. He goes, no, I said don't punch it. (laughs) So, (laughs) So that was one of the nights. Uh, and it bent the rims, so we're 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 driving back like clunk, 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 you know, all the way home. There was some other night we uh we got flat tires out there, and man, it was crazy because the truck was pretty loud, and I think it probably the collector gaskets probably blew out on it, and you know I just drove it anyways, and uh, we get these flat tires, and I limp the trunk the truck home. We get home in like, I want to say half hour to an hour later or something like that. Some guy's knocking on my buddy's door, right? Like, what the hell? So we go outside and this guy is there with a freaking, I think it was a shotgun. And he's got his wife and he's got his his daughter. And he's like, what were you guys doing out there on my property? And we're oh, like, no. what the hell? <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> like... No, we weren't. We we were just out four buying and got a flat tire. So he had the tire was so you know it was flat and it was it would leave on the dirt ground like it would kind of leave this trail you know, <laughs> so it was obvious where the you could just follow that and it took you all the way to the truck which was in you know next to my buddy's house. So it was like holy shit, this guy got a freaking shotgun he's threatening us and he's like you guys stay off my property blah 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 you know and my i didn't know at the time but my buddy he had a gun he had a gun in his like his back and he was like (laughs) he said dude if he had if he pulled up on that shotgun he's like i was gonna shoot his ass he never did he always kept it kind of like pointed to his side you know yeah and then it turns out my buddy todd knew the girl like they went to high school together and he was like "Uh, i don't remember her name but you know are you is that you such and such and she's like yeah and you know and it's like He's like, look, I know your daughter and like, I'm not, we're not screwing around. We're not stealing stuff or, you know, whatever. We're just out for buying. And the guy finally calmed down, but I think he was a tweaker. I think he was like on something and it's just like super paranoid that, you know, people are coming through their property and the truck was so loud. So I was probably really far from his house, but it sounded much closer because the truck was so loud. And then you're out in the hills, like sound carries pretty far out there you know so that was a that was a crazy night how about all the times you knocked on doors to buy cars you never had a shotgun pulled on you (laughs) and you have a shotgun (laughs) just trying to have some fun trying to kill my buddy todd you know yeah exactly (laughs) oh that's funny god that's crazy man so yeah it was that's out of those out of those tin girls the one you took to the track and the one you went wheeling with which one was Mm. funner which one did you like more? 
Oh man, that's a tough question because I know. I, they were. I asked the yeah, tough questions. That's why you talking it. Mopars. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I. You know. I I I can't I can't answer that. Honestly, they are. I had so much fun with both trucks at opposite ends of the spectrum. Sure. I mean, there it was just totally different experiences. And then, you know, with the the power wagon, my age, you know, I was really young, and we were doing stupid stuff. Like I said, you know, we were we'd get drunk and go out there. We would drink and go out into the hills and just go thrash on the truck, you know, <laughs> and have a good time. Uh, and uh, the the drag racing with you know with the lowered one was just a whole different kind of fun you know so and i was older when i did that so it's like if you would reverse them i probably wouldn't appreciate them as much you know so <laughs> i i don't know i i would probably say if i had to pick if you forced me i'm gonna go with the the power wagon yeah it's probably yeah it's probably more fun more more epic you know sounds like it yeah yeah so i'll I'll get right into the the big story yes i was okay i was gonna ask you about this but i wanted you to to lead us there so go ahead yeah i think we're there i think we're there now it's time thanks for joining johnny mopar and i today on the show for part one part two will be out next week so be on the lookout for that I know I left you at a cliffhanger. The next story is crazy. I can't wait for you guys to hear that. So tune in next week. It's always a great time talking Mopars with Johnny as usual. I did want to address a couple things before we go. On Friday, just before Johnny and I started recording, I dropped a post on the Mopar Hunter Facebook page giving listeners a chance to drop a question or comment in the comment section of the post, and Johnny and I would address it on the show. Well, we had two, and one was posted while we were actually recording, and the other came shortly after we wrapped up. So... I wanted to let the two guys who dropped us a line know that the questions will be answered on part two of this installment of Direct Connections next week. I'll be answering Michael Irwin's question by myself since it came in after Johnny and I wrapped up, and Josh Turner's question was addressed on the show, but I found a more definitive answer after we recorded, so I'll talk about that during the wrap-up as well. Before we shut her down this week, I wanted to let you guys know that the next round of voting for the Build Mopar project is here. And this time around, we are voting on who will be building the 426 cubic inch stroker third generation Hemi for the 1968 Dodge Dart Superstock Modern Hemi tribute car that Hemi Pages is calling the Dart Pack. Some of the best engine builders in the game are amongst this round's choices, and they are Arrington Performance, MMX, BES Racing Engines, Opal Engineering, Hughes Engines, and Prestige Motorsports. So be sure to head on over to buildmopar.com and vote today. There you have it, my friends. Another episode of Talking Mopar's Direct Connections is in the books. For more information about this podcast or to listen and subscribe to the show, please visit TalkingMopars.com. And don't forget that you can send me your stories, questions, comments, complaints, suggestions, and everything else on your Mopar addicted mind to Chris at TalkingMopars.com or leave me a voice message on my voice mailbox at 209-28-MOPAR to hear yourself on the show. Before we go, I want to tell you about a great way to help support this show, and that's by picking up some merch in the Talking Mopars merch shop. Not only are you going to get some cool swag, but you're also helping me out to keep this show running. So if you'd like to help support the show, jump on over to TalkingMopars.com and head on over to the store and click Visit the Shop. 
That's it, my friends. Until we talk again for part two with Johnny Mopar, I am your host, Chris Albrecht, and that was Talking Mopar's Direct Connections. Thank you for listening to Talking Mopars, your direct connection to all things Mopar. Until next time, remember, no Mopar left behind.